So we're back in the book of Acts. Anybody know what we're doing in the book of Acts? We're following Paul, exactly. Just like Scott said, we're following Paul on his first missionary journey. And we started out in Antioch, right here, where the Holy Spirit pick, handpicked them and sent them off. And we'll go to the island of Cyprus. Last week we saw that they were up here back in the mainland in Pisidian Antioch. And today we're going to see them in another place called Iconium. This is where they're going to be at today as they are continuing on their missionary journey. Um, and as they go to each place, they're sharing the gospel of Jesus. They're going to the synagogues. People know about God, but he says, hey, there's a little bit more to this, and I want you to know what that is. And this is related to Jesus. So Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. It says, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogues. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, other with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and they fled the Lyconian cities of Lystra, or to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derby, and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. This is, uh, it's, it's a powerful message to us on how to be a good missionary, how to be a good uh, salesman, so to speak, on, on sharing Jesus with other people. And God, I just pray that you would help us to focus on what you want to teach us, not on the events of our day, not on what concerns and worries that we have, God, but just to see what you want to teach us and how faithful you are in the work that you have called us to do. Just please, God, take away everything else from my mind, from my words, that only your thoughts and words would be spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen. So has anybody here ever tried to be a salesman? Not really. I mean, like anybody worked at a store where people come and they ask you questions? You know, Noah, he's, yeah, on uh, Friday they did his background check for running, so I'm going to throw him in the category of being a salesman, even though he's not... Uh, actively trying to sell people, but uh, here's something that Noah needs to know, or anybody who's going to possibly try to be a salesman. So you may, is that there's three things, and these are these are my own list of three things you need to do if you're going to be a good salesman. What does this have to do with the message? Believe me, it will tie in. <laughs> but first of all, if you're going to be a good salesman, you got to put yourself in the right position, right? If Noah is, is at the store at this end and all the customers are at this end, Noah, if he wants to help people find items, if he wants to help people buy stuff, he's going to have to go where they're at, right? He's going to have to walk down the aisle and he's going to have to be there. If a guy is going to be a door-to-door -door salesman, he's got to go to a place where there's houses, where there's people home throughout the day in order to talk to them, right? You got to go where people are at if you're going to be a good salesman. Number two is you have to willing, be willing to listen and have conversations, right? If, if, if somebody's, uh, you're going to have a conversation, you're going to, or, or sell a product, you got to like discuss it with people. You got to explain to them why do they need this item, right? What are the pros and the cons? And you, you have to have those conversations with them because they're not going to know everything on their own. They might be a window shopper that you want them to buy this. You've got to go and you've got to have conversations with them. Number three is sometimes you got to be willing to walk away, 
right? You don't want somebody who's going to like stand at your door and just keep throwing this item at you until finally you buy it. You got to be able to say, okay, I'm just going to leave this idea with you. And then you're going to have to choose what you want. Everybody wants that. Because most people, what do we do when we see a salesman? We want to run the other way. We don't want anything to do with them. But in order for a good salesman to be a salesman that people want to listen to, you got to do these things. You got to go where they're at. You got to have conversations with them about your product, but also you got to be willing to walk away. So today we find Paul and Barnabas doing these three things. I'm going to call them salesmen today. Not that they're trying to sell a product. They're not trying to sell Jesus, but they're doing the same thing that a salesman would do. They're putting themselves in position. They're going to places where people are at. They're going to the synagogues. That's where they're at. And then they're willing to have conversations. It says that they stayed for several weeks and they discussed it with people, trying to convince them that they needed Jesus, but then they were willing to walk away. These people didn't want it. They say, okay, that's your choice. I'm moving on to another person. So that's what we're going to be looking at today is how they were model salesmen, model missionaries for Jesus. So the first thing that they did was they offered Jesus. They went where the people were at so they could share Jesus with them. It says in Acts chapter 14, verse 1, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Now, Paul's been going from synagogue to synagogue, sharing a message. And I'm going to wager that the message we looked at last week that he gave, that's not recorded today, is a message he kind of took everywhere. You know, and last week we looked at how uh, Paul was sharing, first of all, with the people, you guys are looking for the promised Messiah. And he traced through the history of their people. He stops with King David, and he talks about the, the Savior was going to come ultimately from the line of King David. All those good Jewish people, all those Gentiles who are in that synagogue are going to know these kinds of things, and they're going to say, yes, we were looking for this Messiah. We're right with you, Paul. And then last week, we looked at how Paul said, hey, ding, 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 Jesus has come. Jesus is the Messiah that you were looking for. Right? That's, you're, it's, it's prophesied. It's literally here. And here's what you need to do about it. And last week, we looked at, kind of like today, where he leaves the choice up to them. But I think the message that Paul is taking everywhere is the same. You're looking for the Messiah, and guess what? He's here. And now that he's here, you've got to put your faith in him in order to, sal to have salvation. And Paul is in one of those up moments. This, this is the ups and downs of ministry. What is the greatest ups in ministry? Right? You're sharing Jesus with people, and they're accepting him. Right? That's got to be one of the greatest thrills a missionary has, or a Sunday school teacher has, or a preacher, or anybody who's in sharing Jesus with somebody. And someone says, yes, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. That is about the highest up that you can get. And if you haven't ever experienced that, you need to experience it because there is a very high emotion if you do that. Paul is excited. People are accepting Jesus. They're accepting the message of salvation. But Paul had to offer Jesus to these people in order for them to know about Jesus, for them to make that choice. So that's what Paul did. Paul was supposed to share Jesus. Guess what we are supposed to do? Share Jesus, right? It's not just for the missionary. It's not just for the preachers. not just for the wanna workers or the Sunday school teachers. It's for everybody who says, I'm a follower of Jesus. Immediately, it's my job to turn around and take that message to other people. 
And what are we supposed to share with them? You know, we can walk through Romans Road, which we've done a number of times. I'm going a different route today. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3, B and 4, or 1st 3 and 4, says, For what I received, I passed on to you as the first importance. The most important thing that Paul says you guys got to know was that Christ died for our sins. We, sins are the bad things that we do. I lied, I stole, I lusted, I cheated, I whatever, right? Christ died to take the punishment for those sins. That's what people need to know. But it wasn't just the fact that he died. It's the fact that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. We saw last week in Romans 1-4 that that proved that Jesus was the Son of God. So all this combined, there's the gospel for you. Jesus died for my sins. I trust him for salvation, and I have it, right? Because Jesus died to take the punishment to give us eternal life. God wants you to have that message. He wants you to accept that message, but he also wants you to share that message with other people. But there's not a lot of people who are excited about doing this. Not a lot of eager people that want to do this. Uh, in Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, picture you're, you're out there trying to get your grain cut before the rain comes or, you know, you're... you're grass cut before the hail, right? And you're like, we just don't have enough workers to get this done. That's kind of how it is. There's a lot of souls out there that need Jesus, but there's not enough people getting out there. You know, if everybody took one or took two, you, we would have a lot better chance. So we are the people who need to tell others about Jesus. Now, you might be as effective as Paul was, right? Because Paul went from synagogue to synagogue, and it says a great number of people got saved. You may be that person, or you may be as ineffective as I feel, right? Because I've, I've shared the gospel in church and in youth group and a one in Sunday school. And I think it's a very small number of, of kids and adults who have ever put their faith in Jesus. I mean, I can tell you in a handful, the, the people that I remember, and maybe there's others that nobody's saying, but it doesn't matter. It's not my job to save people. And we can look at passages where, um, you know, one plants, another waters, but it's God that makes it grow. It's just our job, very simple, to be that good salesman, to share the opportunity for people to accept the product, to accept Jesus. So first thing we got to remember is to offer Jesus to other people. The second thing that Paul does that we need to do is we need to explain Jesus. That's what Paul does. Uh, verses 2 through 4. It says, But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. Paul and Barnabas, they, they shared Jesus in the synagogue, and then they didn't split. They didn't leave the country and say, all I'm doing is just sharing and leaving, right? They didn't just go on this mass missionary trip of just dump, 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 and then I'm done. It says they stayed there for several weeks. Well, what are they doing there for several weeks? They're having conversations. You know, they're in the synagogue and they're discussing, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Why don't you, what, what's about this that doesn't, isn't clear? You need Jesus? What, what's going to take to convince you of this? 
uh, in homes, right? I'm sure they went to homes of people. They ate with them and they had conversations about Jesus. On the street corners, they, they had them. Anywhere they could, I'm sure they had conversations with people about Jesus. That, you know, is still an upside to ministry, right? Because we're looking at the ups and downs. An upside to ministry is that people are still willing to have those conversations, not many people, the very first time they hear Jesus say, hey, I want Jesus, right? There's a lot of conversations that go into finally convincing somebody that they need Jesus. Just like convincing somebody need, they need a, project, uh, a product. So Paul and Barnabas were willing to have those conversations to share Jesus with people. They were what you would call an apologist. Not somebody who apologizes, but somebody who is a defender of the faith. They knew what they believed, they knew the scriptures, and they were able to convince these people, a lot of them, that they needed Jesus. But it says that there were those who interfered. There were those who were poisoning the minds of the, of the, of the people who were still in that limbo stage. They were, they were working against them to try to keep them from hearing the message about Jesus, from trying to believe those things. And we talked about interference a couple weeks ago. Paul was talking to Sergius Paulus about Jesus. And then there was another guy, I can't think, Elemis, the sorcerer, who was at that point interfering. And Paul was able to silence him, but you have interference everywhere. Paul and Barnabas are running into this a lot lately. And these people were going against what Paul and Barnabas were saying, but they were also going against the other Gentiles who were trying to decide, do I want this or do I not? That's why Paul and Barnabas had to stay. They had to keep having conversations with people to try to convince people that they needed Jesus. And it says that God proved their message by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. Pretty cool, right? They're out there doing God's work, and he says, I'm going to give you the ability to do more to convince these people because I want them really to know the message about Jesus. And so that's pretty cool that God allowed them to do it. But they were sticking in the fight. They weren't getting distracted. They weren't leaving. They were staying there for several weeks when people did not want them there to try to convince them about Jesus. The same thing with us. We have to be those kinds of people who are willing to continue to share people with our Jesus with other people. So if we're going to do that, what's going to be involved to do in doing that? Well, one thing that's going to be involved is we have to spend time with other people, right? I don't just say, hey, I mean, like on, on uh, Friday, Jason and Leslie and I, this was Jason's idea, by the way, but I loved it, went and to, this, to the new people in town, like just right around the corner, and we invited them to church and to Sunday school, to the Valentine's thing. But that was, that was step one. Right, of trying to get them involved. Now, if that's all we ever do, do you think they're ever going to come? They might, but it's pretty, it's pretty daring to walk into a new building of a whole bunch of people and think you're going to feel comfortable. But that's just step one. But it's, it's, it's going to take developing a relationship. It's going to take time in order to love this family, to reach out to this family, to ultimately share Jesus with this family. It, it's a costly thing to be a good missionary for the Lord. It takes a lot of effort to do that. So you have to spend time. Even in here, for us, we have to have conversations sometimes in the church with other people who may have questions about who Jesus is. Conversations in our homes with people that we know who might need to know Jesus. Or, or conversations at school, on the street corners, um, anywhere you're at. 
have conversations or be willing to get involved in those conversations. But it takes time. I have to give up something that I want in order to try to convince somebody of something that they really need. So the first thing, if you're going to share Jesus with people, you have to invest time. Nobody wants to just get dumped on and ran. I told you guys about my miserable days of um, personal evangelism, where we had to, for a grade, go tell people about Jesus. And I told like my, my uncle about the Lord, which was really scary. What was easier to do was uh, one time at a gas station. I jumped out of a pickup. Blah! Here's Jesus. And then I ran back to the vehicle and I never saw the guy again. Right? Do you think he got saved? Do you think he was really that interested? No, I got my grade, but he was not really that interested in that. So it takes time. The second thing is it takes having an understanding of Scripture. You've got to, you got to know the product that you are trying to share, that you are trying to defend, that you want to, to give to other people. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always prepare, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Why do you go to church? Why do you believe in Jesus? What makes you think you're going to heaven? Can we answer even those basic questions, let alone all the more difficult questions that could be brought up about heaven and hell and a loving God and a not loving God? I mean, there's, there's so much more that could be developed, but it's just, you've got to know it. You've got to at least know the gospel. Where do I go from? You're a sinner. You can't stop there. Why, why do you think there's forgiveness? Why do I need forgiveness? You've got to know the product. Now, I'll tell you, um, this Sunday school class has been really, really good for me. I mean, I've, I've been challenged all over the place on why do I believe what I believe? Um, you know, a couple examples, uh, one I brought up in Sunday school was, it's not salvation related, but it was about having multiple wives. And at what point in the Bible did God say that wasn't okay? Because uh, like Jacob had four, he had two wives and two concubines and multiple kids. Well, I was talking with Todd on Friday, and it was like, ding, ding, a man will leave his wife, his, a man will leave his parents and be united to his wife. Like, there you go, Josh, one father or one male and one female, there you go. That's the relationship that God had in mind. Um, another one that I don't have written down, like, I, I can't think of, but there's, there's just numerous things where I'm being challenged in my faith. And so I just, I just love that class. I love the interaction, but I am growing. I am being pushed by, by discussions with people, by reading through this and saying, why do I think that's true? Could I defend that? So I just, you got to know what you're trying to sell. You got to know what people need to know so that they, when they have questions, you know how to answer them. You know where to look. You don't have to memorize everything, but you got to know how can I answer these people? The third thing that you need is what you had with uh, Paul and Barnabas had. They had the help of the Holy Spirit. Because you can, you can give the, the best pat answers. You can say the, the greatest speeches and have everything. But without the Holy Spirit and without God being involved, you are not going to get anywhere. It says in John 16, verse 8, that the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. So if you know someone who needs the Lord and you, you're trying to get through to them, but you're doing it all in your own strength, you're not going to get anywhere. 
because the Holy Spirit's got to convict them of their sin. So pray, pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would convict them. But John 6, says, the Father draws them to himself. He's got he's to call them to himself, so pray that God does that. So you need to spend time interacting. You need to have some answers or, or know the product, but you also need the help of the Holy Spirit if you are going to get anywhere. So to make sure you keep that in mind when you're wanting to share people with our Jesus with other people. So we need to share people, Jesus with people, uh, but we also need to continue to live like Jesus. We need to share Jesus. We need to continue to live like Jesus. You know, God gave Paul and Barnabas the ability to do miracles, to do signs and wonders. I've never done anything remotely amazing in my life. Right, I can't heal, I can't, I can't change water into water, I can't do nothing. Right? So God didn't give me that ability. So what can I do? Because God's still asking me to do something. Well, I would suggest to continue to live your life like Jesus. Whoops. You know, in Matthew 5, 16, it says in the same way, let your light shine before men that they could see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven, living your life, you know, going next door. I thought it was really funny that uh, we went over there on Friday and the land was all dry. But if you know anything about that property, when it melts, guess what happens? You get a big lake out in front of their house. And that's exactly what happened. They got a big lake in front of their house. But it was trying to say, hey, look, you might want to park your car differently. I mean, I don't have a pump. I can't remove that for you. But it's like being involved and letting your light shine to those people, letting your light shine to your unsaved friends. Right? You're not always just throwing up the gospel on them, but you're, you're encouraging them. You're helping them. You're meeting a need, basic things in people's life. Uh, your bulletin has this slide uh, or has this little picture in it and it's something we've seen before people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care you know I can get up there and say all the answers and preach all the messages and whatever but if there's nothing in my life to back up that then people aren't really going to care so much about it you got to meet you got to be willing to meet those practical needs so first of all, good salesman, he shares Jesus, right? He shares, he, he gets involved in people's lives. The second is he explains Jesus. They got questions, they need answers. They're confused, they're, they're looking like they don't really want this. He at least tries for a while to say, hey, look, you need Jesus and here's why. But the third thing that Noah, the, the salesman is going to need to know is that sometimes you have to walk away. Nobody wants a product crammed down their throat, whether it's a barbecue or whether it's dish soap or whether it's Jesus. Nobody wants that crammed down their throat. I'll make my own choice. And everybody is going to make their own choice. They may say some words. They may uh, buy a product, but ultimately the choice is theirs. And Paul and Barnabas had to make the tough choice of walking away. And saying, okay, guys, this is what you want. You're entitled to it. Uh, verses 5 through 7. It says, There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat and to stone them. But they found out about it, and they fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the good news. Paul and Barnabas walked away. Yes, they were motivated to walk away, right? There's persecution. They're hearing about this coming after them. But they, they chose to walk away. They stayed there for a long time first, though. They stayed there for several weeks still trying to convince these people. I'm sure they're hearing rumors like this as they go, that people don't like them. 
but they stuck in the fight for a long time. You know, people say it's hard to share Jesus with people. I mean, anybody here willing to admit it's hard to tell someone about Jesus? Because I will, right? Why? Because A, I may not have all the answers. B, I might offend somebody, right? I want to keep them on my side. I want to at least keep that relationship. But this is also hard too. It's hard to tell someone about Jesus and recognize they don't want Jesus and then leave and walk away and do what Paul and Barnabas did and go tell somebody else. Because that person that you're telling, you care about. And you, it's their choice, right? You, you, you can spend all day, every day, if you want, trying to convince them. But, some, but that's not always going to, to be the winning situation. Sometimes you, you give the information, kind of like telling a kid, don't do this kind of thing, or here's what's going to happen if you do this. But you say the choice is theirs. And then while they surprise you and they make the right choice, where you could have forced them to, but you just give them the information and you leave and they make the right choice. Paul and Barnabas have to do that. They, find, they found out about the upcoming persecution, and they, they said, okay, I, we stayed as long as we could, and we're going to go. And they left before the, the persecution came. Now, does that make them wimps? Does that make them chickens because they, they left? Well, some people might say so, but I don't think so. You know, uh, fleeing for your life is not a bad reason to walk away, right? There's a point where you say, okay, the writing's all over the wall. These people don't want it. It's okay to move on. Jesus even told his disciples, you go through these cities, and if they don't want it, you take your feet, you wipe off the dust, and then you leave. It's their choice, right? So we know from Scripture that Jesus was even on board with this. If, if they're not going to accept it, you move on and you go to another place. This isn't the first time where Paul and Barnabas left, uh, left early. Last week they did. They got run out of Pisidian and Antioch, which we really didn't look at last week, but they got run out of that town. So they wiped their feet and they kept on going. Next week, Paul's going to get caught. He's going to get stoned and left for dead. But then after that, he gets up and he goes to the next place. He doesn't go back and start preaching in the city again. I mean, he goes in the city to recover for the night, but that's it. And then he goes on to the next place. So it was okay for them. You know, and, and sometimes when we want to share Jesus with our, our cousin or our neighbor or coworker at work, we want them to know Jesus. But sometimes you got to say, okay, I surrender. You know, God, you're just going to have to do this if it's going to happen because me and my words are not going to accomplish anything. And not everybody is going to accept Jesus. And that's a very difficult thing to know. Now, some people, they'll give up way too early. Right? They, they, they'll, they'll take the first no as the answer. They'll take a tiny little bit of rejection, and they'll say, I'm done. So they leave too early. Some people I've known won't, won't take a hint if you drop a brick on them because they just are that adamant about making sure somebody knows Jesus. Um, there was there's family that I had where we used to do like family gift exchanges. And I, I, I got to say, I love the thought behind it, but it just was way beyond, um, was, in case somebody watches this that I know, I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> they would always put a Bible in with the gifts exchange. 
because this person was saved and everybody else really wasn't. And so this person kept sticking a Bible in with the gifts exchange until finally someone says, quit sticking a Bible in my present. I don't want it. Right? Because that person was, they just attract. They kept trying and trying and, and this person did not want it. They made it very, very clear. But this other person was like, here, I'm just going to keep until it was like way past the point of, it's like it was pushing them too far away. And that person still hasn't come to know the Lord and this person has stopped putting a Bible in there. But it, I mean, you can go too far either way. I give up too early or I push way too hard. And I don't know what that balance is. You know, I can't look and say you tried five times or, or whatever and say that's the point that where you say I'm moving on. That's a decision you got to make with God, right? Did I tell my neighbor enough times about Jesus? And they said no enough times, so I call it good. Or, or God, do you want me to try again? But just know that you don't have to beat a dead horse to get him to accept Jesus. There's a point where you just leave it and say, okay, I'm moving on to somebody else. So a good salesman, right? A good salesman is somebody who will do, who puts himself in the right position, right? He goes to where the people are at. That's what we are. Yeah, we're not salesmen. Maybe that's a corny connection, um, but we are to, to put ourselves in the position where people are at in order to share with Jesus. Second thing is we got to be willing to have those conversations. Why is it that you don't understand? What, what would help persuade you? What, what questions do you have and have those discussions? But that means we got to know what we're talking about. And we have to be willing to walk away. We have to, we have to be willing to say, okay, that's your answer. And I'm, I'm moving on to the next person because the, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. There's no shortage of people who need to hear about Jesus. So I just want to encourage us to get out there and be those be the, be the kind of people, missionaries that Paul and Barnabas were. Yep, we're not getting on a boat. We're not meeting new people in new countries. But just think about the people in your world. Have they heard about Jesus? Have we had conversations about why they accept Jesus, why they won't accept Jesus? And be willing to, to just pray for them and move on to the next person as well. So just and just, just leave the rest up to God, because ultimately it's him who saves people. Just be, do your part and make sure you share Jesus with others. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I thank you for Paul and Barnabas. I thank you for their willingness to get out there and share the gospel with people, that they were willing to talk with whoever and that they, were, they saw some results. And God, I pray that as we share you with people, that we would see some results. And as we have conversations with people who don't, aren't ready to accept you right now, that we'd be able to ask them the tough questions and that they would be willing to hear those tough answers uh, from you. And I pray, God, too, that... Uh, when it's time for us to walk away from, from that person, at least with the gospel, God, that we would be willing to take that step. Maybe somebody else will lead them to the Lord. You know, maybe just you by in the quietness of a night on the, on the couch at home, that you will you'll speak to them. Um, you just call us to be the messengers, and I just pray that we would to be good messengers of your gospel to the people around us. I just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.